Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Eric McMahon. On this episode, we preview Michigan's game against Hawaii by discussing the ongoing quarterback battle between Cade McNamara and this week's starter, J.J. McCarthy. What can we expect from McCarthy against Hawaii? Will he win the job outright? And will the Rainbow Warriors give Michigan any sort of challenge on Saturday night? That and more on this episode of Wolverine Confidential. Hey guys, good to be back with you here Thursday, September 8th in the morning. Uh, I thought you guys recapped Michigan's 51-7 to season opening win over Colorado State very thoroughly. Um, you know, I, I do think about, uh, I don't know if you guys saw this clip from Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud's uh, press conference uh, this week, but he basically, you know, he's talking about the win over Notre Dame and maybe it wasn't pretty, but, you know, he said the first game of the season is never easy. And then he kind of paused and he's like, well, unless they're like total bums. Uh, so listen, we're not going to use that phrasing to describe Colorado State or Hawaii or, or UConn next week. But we'll, well, I'll put it this way. Those programs, even at their, their best, don't really match what Michigan typically is. And those programs are far from their best this year. Uh, they're all, they all have first-year coaches uh, in, in various stages of rebuilding. And now in the case of you know, Hawaii, we already have you know, two data points uh, that show, uh, well, that lead to a 50-plus point spread on Saturday. So It shows they're a dumpster fire. We don't have to beat around the bush. <laughs> there we go. That's actually more appropriate, I feel like, than, than Stroud's phrasing. Uh, and of course, he wasn't us talking about any particular team. But uh, let's, let's look ahead by first looking back a little bit. We can't assume that everyone listened to la- or this, you know, week's podcast already in in full um though they should have because it was excellent but let's just do a quick recap from both of you guys you know maybe 30 seconds or a minute what did you think of Cade McNamara's performance as Michigan's starting quarterback this was his audition how'd he do underwhelming and I think I said earlier this week he didn't do anything I guess poor but he didn't look great either I mean missed some throws he, he some receivers dropped some balls he nearly threw an interception um they scored uh, they probably didn't make the most of their drives, uh, and he didn't turn the ball over barely. So it was—I don't know—he's it, it, a starter. You, would, I think, expect more out of him, um, but he—he wasn't—he wasn't great. Yeah, I, I think it was pretty incomplete too. Like, I mean, he didn't take many shots downfield, and the the some of the longer throws, either throws to the up perimeter or whatnot, he he missed on. So, um, and of course, there—I think PFF. May or gave receivers three drops on on three of his incompletions, but still, yeah, he didn't he didn't wow. That's for sure. 
uh, like like McCarthy did, and and it, like Aaron said, I definitely think it was an underwhelming performance against a team that uh, is not very good. JJ McCarthy is is electric. That's the word his head coach used to describe him. If Cade McNamara is not going to be electric, he better be efficient. And he really wasn't. He only completed half of his passes. Uh, the total yardage was underwhelming. Uh, half of those yards, almost half of those yards, came on a screen pass that you know Roman Wilson and the Michigan wide receivers did the bulk of the work on. It kind of reminded me of his game against Washington last year. But I don't know. He was even more inaccurate in this one. And he wasn't facing multiple future NFL cornerbacks. So, you know, and, and he's a full year older. So it's like it, it was just. Should have been picked off too. That one pass to Eric All. I mean, yeah, Eric All fell down or stumbled, but still, that seemed like a very uh, low percentage throw that I I thought initially was was intercepted too in the red zone. Yeah, I kind see. I kind of thought you, you, Ryan. You're right. He did not take a lot any shot. He you said he didn't take a lot of shots down the field. He didn't take like any by my by my count. Um, I kind of thought he might he might take a bunch like in his audition, maybe force the issue, not be himself, and that it could work against him. But like after watching the game, I kind of think maybe he should have tried that. He really never attempted anything down the field. Um, but anyway, it all goes back to, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of fans like, see, you know, JJ should have been the guy last year. And I just disagree. I think Cade was the right choice last year. You saw what Michigan did. I don't think JJ was ready because um, he, he just, you know, he, he would make some mistakes when he came in. Do you guys think JJ McCarthy is ready now? Well, I think he's more ready than he was last year. Um, I, I, I you know, the, the offseason was an interesting one because I think Jim Harbaugh harped on the notion that, that J.J. needed to be better at reading opposing defenses. He needed to be a little bit more careful in his ball handling and his decision making. And I think that was what was spent in the offseason, kind of getting him to slow down and not not go crazy and not force the issue. And I think if and when he was able to do that, I think that was, I think, in, in, a, in essence, kind of completing his, you know, his – you know, him being ready at the college level, because I think there's no doubt he has the arm. There's no doubt he has a playmaking ability. It's just kind of getting him to slow down and not, not make mistakes. Cause as you mentioned, he made a few last year. So, um, and, and that was the, that was the strength of Cade, right? Last year that he didn't make mistakes, didn't turn the ball over a ton. He didn't fumble much. He didn't make a lot of poor decisions. Um, and, and I think that was the one thing maybe lacking in JJ's game. So, um, yeah, I, I, it's it's going to be interesting. I think he's ready, and he's more ready than he was last year. And I think if Michigan's coaching staff is convinced he's a better quarterback, I mean, now is probably the time to pull the trigger. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you would think he would be more ready. He has another year of experience in the offense and and more studying of defenses. I think as a quarterback, year one to year two is 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 a great opportunity to take that big leap and look at C.J. Stroud last year. Um, there's you just learn so much more about college football and opposing defense, let alone improving your own um, talent level and, and and offense. So, yeah, it's it was a impressive first 11 snaps of the season. But again, that's all it was, was 11 snaps on the field against a defense um, that was already pretty worn out. They were on the field a lot. They're already down big when he came in. So uh, I, I don't want to read too much into it. I, I think he's definitely the leader in the clubhouse now. But again, we got to see how. He and K both play on Saturday before I think you can really start to feel confident. And even if he lights it up against Hawaii and UConn, again, we've said this a million times, let's see how they do against better competition. So it's just the waiting game at this point. You want to see them both play well, but 
yeah, it's I don't know how much you can really read into it at, at this point and see how much he's really improved because he played pretty well in his limited snaps early last year too. I mean, he had that long touchdown pass in in the Western game. I think he did some things against Northern Illinois. So yeah, it, it's a you get a chance to shine against these lesser opponents, but it, you got to keep the opponent into account as well. The indication though is that Harbaugh would prefer to have an answer before he gets the chance to see them against right. their competition. So, I mean, I think, I think these games are going to decide it. I mean, one of our uh, predictions we had to make before the season, one of the questions was, uh, you know, who will be starting at quarterback against Ohio state? Two of us said JJ McCarthy and one of us, and you can probably guess by how we've been talking here so far said Kate McNamara. And it sounds like Ryan, it's not, you're not, you're not changing your mind on that after just one week. No, I, I think that J.J. is definitely the front runner. But, okay. I, I I mean, again, let's let's see what happens on, on Saturday. I mean, I think people are reading too. They already anointing J.J. the starter for the rest of the year after 11 snaps. I'm like, all right, he looked good. Cade looked underwhelming. But, again, like let's not forget about what Cade did last year. And maybe the, the roles are reversed a little bit against Hawaii and, and Cade plays well in, in his snaps and, and JJ maybe hits a, a few bumps in the road. It, it's tough to tell. And I think they're both going to play against UConn too. He might, G, or Jim might say he wants to have a starting quarterback, but I think that they're going to get up big against UConn as well. And I think they're both, gonna, I think the most likely scenario is that the Maryland games when they, they really lean on one guy. So I, I think it's going to be at least two more weeks that they're, they're still battling it out. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I'm not convinced this thing ends this weekend. I mean, Jim seems to think that like that's the ideal scenario because I'm kind of figuring out a starter, a permanent starter after for week three and beyond. But like if Jay did, goes out there and doesn't have a great game on Saturday and Cade, and Cade comes in the second half because we know he's going to, I think it's going to very much play out like we saw last week where, you know, the starters going to get time the first half and the other guy will get time the second half, especially if it's big league. But if JJ looks, you know, rather unimpressive, you know, potentially Saturday, I could see this thing stringing out. And that you got to remember that there's this, this thing here with K like he's named captain. He was a starter last year. If you risk throwing him, you know, to, to the wolves, so to speak, and on the bench and not playing, it's, it's just a weird situation because he's got the backing of his teammates. And I'm not saying JJ does it because he does, but it, it, I don't know. It, it's it's a unique scenario we haven't seen before. It, it's a situation where Jim hasn't played a quarterback, situ- you know, quarterback battle out this long. Um, and at the same token, he's left the door open to kind of playing both, you know, going forward. So I, I don't know. I really want to see Saturday how JJ plays and how they look. Um, it's possibly comes out lights the world on fire and he ends up being the guy. But it just as a as someone's been around the program for a couple of years now and as all of us watched kind of the ascension of K last year mission success it's it's hard to kind of throw him you know in the trash after what the year they had i mean it really is so if you're jim i think you know i think he's kind of treating these guys like robots right now and i don't know if that's fair to either one of them um you know but we'll see it's it's a weird scenario and it doesn't it would not surprise me if we get to late in the year and Michigan's playing well and winning games, everything else. And you see this alternate scenario, like we saw with Henson and Brady years ago, um, because you just, it's, it's hard to just sit Kate after the year he had. 
just so funny. The quarterback position just so different than others. I mean, you know, Harbaugh references it often how, you know, people don't ask about, you know, necessarily other position battles in the, in the same way. And it's true. I mean, like last year, there was no debate over who is this David Ojabo guy like, you know, coming up and maybe he should be in there over Aiden Hutchinson saying, well, no, they're both in there. And at other positions, you know, you can rotate and stuff. But uh, it's a good point about the teammates. I think in the end, they're going to rally around whoever the quarterback is. It seems like J.J. McCarthy's got that you know, typical quarterback personality. Um, and he's certainly saying, you know, all the right things about the the competition. But um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it, of course, shakes out. It really is an interesting dynamic in that quarterback room. You, you would I, I would love to be a fly on the wall when they're when they're in there together and, and not competing on the field just to because they are they do have such contrasting personalities. And it's I mean, not saying one is better than the other, but it's definitely talking with JJ this week was Definitely a, a 180 from from Cade after the game. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I wanted to. And you're absolutely right. These are two different individuals and they've got two different personalities. Like Cade just like fiery, uh, you know, intense. chip on the shoulder. Yeah, intense, Very intense. chip on the shoulder, like driven guy who I think is out to prove everyone wrong because I think he's been doubted his entire career. And then you've got JJ who's this uber talented, like five-star kid who like, has a he's, he's 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 lovable like he gets along with everybody and i'm not saying k doesn't but they're just two different guys that kind of operate differently and they've been you know going they've been dealing with this now for the last year or so uh you know jj made the joke the other day when we talked to him i think tuesday night that you know the media is trying to drive us apart and we kind of laugh about it at practice and, and everything else and it, it is it's a weird dynamic it's been it's been a weird thing for the last couple of months i, I don't think and I will, I'll fully admit, I didn't, I didn't think we'd be here. I thought K would at least get the start for the beginning of the year. And I thought K was going to give be given the opportunity to lose the job. And look, maybe you can make the argument he lost the job week one, but I think he would. I, I think he should have deserved maybe a little bit bigger sample size to do it. It's just interesting. We do see Cade though in in all these different ways, and we just don't haven't seen McCarthy yet. I mean, why wouldn't he be bubbly and affable? You know, leading up to his first career start. You know, if he plays like Cade did last week and they trot him out there post game, you know, maybe we'll see a little more what he's like then because, you know, we had McNamara, you know, they lose to Michigan State. Um, Obviously, in the end, it didn't um, really fully affect their season that much. But like that's a devastating loss, you think, to a rival Um, at the last minute. You think maybe now you're out of the Big Ten picture. Uh, he throws for nearly 400 yards. It's McCarthy who, you know, fumbles twice and kind of looks shaky. And I don't want to say cost them the game, but certainly didn't help their cause. And yet, you know, we don't see McCarthy after the game. It's McNamara has to show his face and, you know, kind of uh, address the the media and everything else. So it, it will be interesting to see, but, you know, I certainly get, get what you guys are saying. Um, I mean, I guess, yeah. How do you, how do you think, you know, both of them will do and the team against Hawaii? I mean, this is a Hawaii team that has been uh, outscored 112 to 27 in two home games against Vanderbilt and Western Kentucky. Uh, and, you know, now they step up to the big house against uh, now the number four team in the country. Um, yeah. They've had quarterback problems all over the place. Uh, Joe Yellen is going to start. Um, he's the transfer from Pitt who previous transfer from Arizona state. It didn't get a ton of playing time in either of those places um, and has not been good so far through two games, but, you know, he's he's hardly alone in, in that regard. Uh, basically, there there have been very few bright spots for Hawaii uh, through two games. No, I mean, I think we're going to see a repeat of what we saw Saturday against Colorado State. I think Michigan jumps out to a big lead, and I don't think it's ever the game's really in 
in, in the balance. Um, you know, Hawaii's offense isn't great. Like you said, they, they've been having trouble stopping pe- people and it's not, not even good teams either. It's bottom of the barrel uh, FBS schools. So I, I think Michigan should have their way with them. I think JJ, JJ will be given an opportunity to show what he can do. And I, I don't think there'll be much um, pushback. So um, you know, the question mark coming into the year was the defense and how they would react and how they'd be able to handle maybe some of these up-tempo offenses. Well, we got a taste of it Saturday against Colorado State. They had an air raid. They liked throwing the ball. They wanted to move the football quickly. And Michigan seemed to handle it pretty well. So I, I suspect defensively they'll be just fine uh, dealing with that against Hawaii. And I think offensively they should have no issue. I, I expect them to roll. Um, and it wouldn't shock me that they they cover this monstrous, whatever it is now, 51-and-a-half-point spread. It's uh, I, I I could so I could see a scenario here where Hawaii doesn't doesn't even get on the scoreboard. Oh, is that predicting a shutout? Uh, I'm leaving the door open to it. I think my official prediction I came in was like 61 to seven or something. So I did say they did, but it wouldn't shock me if they, yeah, they don't. I'm sure it will be similar to last week when they scored like a garbage touchdown in the fourth quarter against like the bunch of reserve def- def- uh, defensive guys for Michigan. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think this is – I think it will be a blowout by halftime. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a similar story to last week, maybe even worse. But I, I, I could see Michigan not covering, too. I mean, 51.5 points is a lot of points. Like, even if you win by 49, like, that's how many how many touchdowns and you still don't cover. So, it's I think it's an accurate number, but I, I'm not really confident that they're going to cover this week. It's all right. It's all right. I mean, I, I think I put this in my prediction line uh, or in my predictions. So it was a line in my predictions uh, that I that I sent to Zook, I think, last night was that, uh, you know, it, it's wild to think about how much they just dominated Colorado State. Like that margin would not be enough to, go, <laughs> to cover this week. Uh, but but yeah, it's also, again, hard to see Hawaii actually putting up uh, much of a fight. You know, Timmy Chang, first year head coach there, first time head coach at all. Um, you know, he was brought in to kind of clean up a bit of a kind of cultural mess more so than actually on field. They weren't they weren't terrible last year, um, Hawaii. But uh, yeah, he does come from kind of the Jay Norvell coaching tree, who was the head coach at Colorado State. He was, uh, you know, an offensive assistant, um, you know, with with Norvell um, at his at his previous stop. He's ready to follow him to Colorado State. And then that's kind of when the Hawaii job opened. But yeah, it could be a similar offense that you see. Um, you know, it's just uh, it just has been inept in so many turnovers and um, yeah, they've, they've, they've just really struggled. So how about for Michigan's defense? I mean, so many different guys contributed last Saturday, including a lot of, a lot of new faces. Um, you think they start to maybe work some of those guys in more and um, yeah. What, what will you be looking for on that side of the ball? Actually, it sounds like they're going to rotate again. You know, we spoke to defensive line coach, Mike Elston, actually yesterday, Wednesday, and he said that they like the, uh, he, they like rotating a lot of these guys in. I think he said that was the plan from the get go. Um, these first three games are, they're going to, they're going to throw as many guys in there as, as they can. And as, as the opportunity presents themselves. So I, I think they're still in trying to, in the mode of trying to figure out what exactly they have, especially up front defensive line. You know, we've talked a lot about the, you know, the edge rushers and the, the interior tackles and the like. I mean, they've got some true freshmen there. They that Elston and the coaching staff have said they really they really like and they have big upside. So I think you're going to see a lot of guys play again. I think you're going to see a lot of rotation. You're going to see a lot of different looks because um, I think in a way they're kind of figuring out what exactly they have because we spent all offseason talking about personnel and the guys they lost and whether they'd be able to refill them. And I think Michigan's coaching staff is curious too what exactly they got. Um, and and that was kind of part of Mike McDonald's you know thing last year. Yes, they had their 
their focal points, their pieces up front, and, and their guys in the back. But they they had no issue throwing in there the true freshmen and guys that they think um, can make an impact and make make a contribution. And I think you're going to see something similar Saturday. You expect to see a lot of guys uh, in the game. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh said that they played, I think, 84 in week one. And he's like, oh, maybe we'll play everybody this week if, if they can get out to a big lead. So, yeah, I expect even more players to maybe get some action against Hawaii. Well, like we said, the point spread is, I think last I looked, it was 51 and a half. Uh, Michigan expected to roll tonight game under the lights. Uh, well, this is kind of becoming a trend now, right? That one of the early season games is a night game. And then uh, whether it's a marquee opponent or not. And then one of the the Big Ten games. Uh, we know the two weeks after this are noon. The next two home games, both noon. But then there's a lot of a lot of question marks after that, right? Not too much filled out. Nope. Other than Ohio State, we know that's obviously going to be a noon yeah. game. Um, but yeah, I mean, still waiting on Iowa. Um, still waiting, obviously, in the Penn State, Michigan State games. Those probably won't be determined until you know a week or two out. Uh, we're in the world now where TV dominates and TV the TV networks kind of dictate. Uh, you know, when those games are played and what TV windows and everything else. You know, Michigan, as we know, is, is a big brand. Everyone loves watching them, no matter who they're playing or, or when they're playing. Um, and obviously, Hawaii isn't a, you know, obviously a big-time matchup. Um, but, you know, Big Ten Network think, you know, thought it'd be a good opportunity to put them in prime time. I don't even know what the primetime games are for some of the bigger networks this year. But nonetheless, I mean, yeah, uh, every year it seems like we've had a night game early at some point. Uh, and yeah, Michigan, I mean, Michigan's popular. They, they, people love watching them. I think the players enjoy the kind of one night game of the year. I think it screws their schedule up a little bit because they're so used to playing the noon three thirty slot and they got to kind of wait all day and watch other games and everything else. But, um, I, I think one a year is fun. I think for everyone involved, you get the at night, the sunset and everything else. It's just a, it's just a cool atmosphere. Plus it's a little bit more, uh, tolerable from a temperature standpoint. The last week was, a, was a bit, uh, a bit warm. Yes, I think it's supposed to be again this Saturday. Uh, you got other decent games. Noon, uh, Alabama, Texas, uh, 3.30. You've got Tennessee, Pitt. They're both ranked. Um, and then if you're you're staying home, you know, you've got some other games to flip to. Kentucky, Florida matchup. They're both ranked at 7 o'clock. Uh, two ranked teams at 10.15 Eastern time, Baylor and BYU, because uh, the Big Ten slate is bad. I mean, it's really bad. Like, they're all um, they're all in action. Um, they're all at home except, except one team, um, four of them play FCS teams. Um, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty lame overall this week, but, um, so be it. I think there's only four playing like another power conference team and it's like the Virginias and Dukes of the world. So, um, not, not particularly appetizing slate week two, but it'll get better. It'll get better. Yeah. Don't expect many upsets this week. So. Michigan will probably stay at number four. Uh, speaking of which, what did you guys think of them jumping? What, four spots in the AP poll? That was quite a big jump. It was. I mean, considering the opponent, I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure I'd make, like, did they look better than, like, you thought they'd look? You know, if you ranked them at, you know, in the top 10 already. Um, but I guess, you know, Notre Dame, the, the thought was they they should probably fall after losing. Um, but the other teams that fell all won, right? They jumped teams that won. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was kind of surprising. I figured they'd jump a spot or two because it, it depended on where folks had them in their ballot and everything else, who who they had, you know, ahead of them. Right. Uh, and, it, you know, in my case, I had Michigan 6 last week, and I had them ahead of Notre Dame, and I had them uh, ahead of, of Utah. Um, 
So like, and both those teams were kind of the top 10 teams at law. Yeah. So I know justifiable reason to move them. So I kept them at at six this week, but obviously some folks maybe who had them lower last week, probably moved them up and it helped Um, because yeah, otherwise there was no, no really reason to, to move. I thought. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Clemson struggled early against Georgia Tech, but uh, yeah, I mean, still, it's um, a little bit surprising, but well, here they are, the number four team in the country. So they will play Saturday night, eight o'clock on Big Ten Network. We will have continued coverage leading up to the game, during the game and after the game on MLive.com slash Wolverines. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.